This is Fish and Fries, an American soccer podcast. I'm Andrew, and this is my co-host, Spencer. We want to bring you an American perspective on the world game. Welcome back to Fish and Fries, an American soccer podcast. I am Andrew, your host here with Spencer. Spencer, how you doing, man? Um, still riding a high of this crazy game that happened yesterday, man. I my brain still can't wrap itself around <laughs> everything that happened. I I've sat here. I think I've watched the highlights today. It's Monday now. If you're listening to this, whenever you are, it's the Monday after. I think I've watched the highlights today. Maybe. 14 to 15 times, at least the five minute video. I have complaints for Fox because I can't find a condensed game. I want a whole, I, I might have to sit down. It might be one of those games I sit down and just rewatch the whole thing at some point oh, yeah. in my free time, man. Um, but overall, yeah, I'm still buzzing off of that. How are you doing, my friend? I'm good, man. I'm similarly buzzing off that. I, I had an insane sports weekend with my Vikings coming down back from 33 down and, um, My favorite college basketball team hit a game winner. So I'm on just a run right now. If you need an insane game, you tell me to watch it. If I focus on that game, it's going to be incredible. Yeah, that Mizzou game winner was pretty sick, Andrew. So that was awesome. Your favorite team representing. (laughs) Let's go Tigers, baby. (laughs) Show some respect to my boys. 10-1, and not even ranked. We're not even going to talk about them getting dog walked by Kansas at home. But who cares? (laughs) It happens to the best of us. Like my favorite team, North Carolina, got dog walked by Kansas. So... You know, happens to the best of us. But to get to what the people came for, Messi, Mbappe, 3-3 penalties. Is this the best game of soccer you've ever seen? Is this the best game you've ever seen? Like, especially for the, all the fi- for the for it being the final, right? An insane game like this, if it was in like the quarters or something, you know, you could legitimately have that conversation. Is this the best game of soccer you've ever seen? I think when you put all like the stakes in there and everything, um, it's certainly got to be up there with the best sporting event I've ever watched in my entire life. I was trying to do a quick rundown of contenders in like championship games. Um, there's what? There's maybe the twenty-eight to three, the Falcons versus the Patriots Super Bowl. That one was crazy to watch in person. I hated it though because I hated watching the Patriots win another one. So I wasn't even necessarily a neutral for that. So maybe it's a little red flag to me, but um, I don't know. Did you, can you think of any other sporting championships that even kind of come close to that? I guess maybe there's been like some game sevens in some sports. I'm I'm trying to think of one for a championship, but like the one, the one that stuck out to me and it, and it, it hurts me as a, as a North Carolina fan for college basketball, like we alluded to earlier, but I don't know if you remember this, but a couple years ago, North Carolina played Villanova. Villanova won on a Oh, what a game. And yeah. North Carolina had a crazier shot just before that. And that's how I felt with this game. It was like, it was a weird thing of just like, well, whoever has the ball last is going to win, right? Or is going to score or is going to pull something out incredible. And like, we're, we're going to go through all of it, right? Like, it started so well for Argentina and then Mbappe just turned it on to a different level and We'll we'll get to all that, but just like the only games I could definitively put above this, I have like a personal bias to, right? Like to me, 
like two or three of those Cubs games, right, when they won the World Series are more meaningful to me. But that's because I'm biased, not because they're necessarily better, right? Like you can actually have that conversation of like, with the Raji Davis home run, like, is this a better game or is this a better game? And having on like a bigger stage, arguably, than anything like that is, is insane. And I think even as a Cardinals fan, we do not align on baseball teams. But I would say that uh, that game seven we between we don't align on much to be honest. No, we do not. But uh, that that game seven between the uh, at the time Indians, Cleveland Indians, now Guardians, the artist formerly known as the Indians. Um, that game seven between the Cubs and them was insane. I I hated watching it, but it was insane. It seems like usually these things don't go the way I like them when they're great games. So it was nice to have one that was just an amazing game that I was I was leaning Argentina obviously because I picked him pre tournament and I wanted to look smarter, but I was pretty purely a neutral in this game and just wanting to be entertained. And holy fuck, we got entertained, man. Yeah, like what I would call like an insane tournament had just like. <laughs> Not even a cherry on top. It was like four cherries on top with extra whipped cream, sprinkles, like some hot fudge drizzled on the top of it. Just even just like the idea of having what a 64 game tournament, 65 game tournament, however many games it was, right? And having the actual best game come last is insane. It's it's just it's just insane. It was such a fun game too, right? Like it had it had this game has everything. But like yeah, man, I start breaking it down, start moving through here and and getting this going. But what a game. I just <laughs> I, even even a full day later, I'm just like, I, that, I'm not speechless. You're going to hear me say way a lot of words here. But well, um, I alluded to it on Twitter from our account that we had some technical difficulties with our hosting platform. Um, so we weren't able. We planned on coming to you guys yesterday, like right after the game. And honestly it might have worked out better for us to take 24 hours because yeah like you said i'm still struggling to quantify this and if we did it yesterday it might have just been us blabbering and gibberish for about you know 90 minutes so at least we had some time to digest this but yeah let's dive into this game and uh maybe not enough time to digest it because i where do you where do we even start with this where do where do you want to start andrew let's just you drive this bus and i'll follow yeah man i i think i think probably just best like to to take a joke from before and and bring it back into here, but I think we start at the very beginning because it's a very good place to start. Um, Lionel Messi brings Argentina ahead, one nothing, on the penalty. Um, what were your thoughts as he as as they called that penalty? When I initially saw it live, it looked like a stone cold penalty. Um, mm-hmm. As I. Honestly, and they didn't really show many replays of it, um, at least on the U.S. broadcast, I felt like. And I also might have been too excited that it was a penalty for Messi and just like not paid attention enough. But I've seen a few slow-mo replays, and they're a little bit less incriminating. But um, I'm not going to call it a dive. I'm just going to say that Di Maria went over relatively easy, and he did it in a way that you weren't ever thinking it wasn't a penalty. Like live, it looked absolutely like a penalty. It was, you could not tell at all if it was uh, any simulation there at all. You know what I mean? I think it still was a penalty. There just wasn't as much contact as it appeared like at first. Yeah. And I think kind of the, the ultimate compliment to give to the referee on this, right. Is that they were consistently not soft. I would say, cause I do think that I agree with you, right. I do think this is a penalty, 
I've seen people more hard done by not get penalties in this situation. Di Maria, absolutely. Um, I think it's, who is it, Dembele? It was somebody back defending who just shouldn't have been back there, right? Yeah, that was Dembele, and he skinned him. Yeah, and it it was just like, it was one of my favorite things that happens like basketball, I think of it as the most, is like when a very good player realizes a not very good defensive player is guarding him, and they're just like, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to absolutely torch you. And that's what he did. And like, I think, I just think like the referee was consistent with kind of giving softer penalties in this game, right? There wasn't one later where you're like freaking out because it was a soft penalty here and then not a soft. So like at least be consistent, right? Well, even later later on, he, there were ones, I believe it was a term on in the second half. It might've even been an extra time who, did go over diving like like left a leg out dangling and mm-hmm. the referee called that perfectly. Um, yeah, he saw. So, it. He called it. He saw it. Yep. So I I mean, if you're to take that as any reference point, um, he was seeing it very well because that looked like it might have been a penalty in real time. Once you saw the replay, you saw that he dangled that back leg and just looked for the contact. Um, yeah. So I I have no complaints of it being a penalty and just um, moving up to when Messi's stepping up to the spot. Uh, <sighs> Did I'm gonna tell you my initial thought when he did it was everything it was like it was like a heart versus head kind of thing for me. Yeah. Everything in my head logically told me that this is gonna be that moment, like right. devil angel on your shoulder. The devil's telling me like he's going to fluff this chance in a world cup and it's gonna be another stain on his legacy of not performing um at this tournament in particular. And my heart told me with, you know, he's made penalties of late and he's been so good leading up to this game. My heart was telling me and that angel on my shoulders telling me he's going to score this. There's no way he doesn't score this. And um, it's a cheeky penalty and it, it worked, man. And it's one nothing Argentina. Yeah, I. Uh, yeah, it was it was insane. Um, I had I had all the confidence in the world that he was going to drill it. And then when he went for. I don't know. His penalty itself was not the most convincing penalty. I mean, nothing like not to get ahead of ourselves, but those Mbappe penalties, I was like, I don't know if you stood in the left corner of those Mbappe penalties, you could touch it, right? <laughs> but um, but Messi's scores comes up huge as the captain, and I don't know, man, not, not much more you can say and not much more you could want for an Argentinian start there. Like, it was just, it was just perfect. I, yeah, and I, I think if there's anything to say about starts uh obviously a great start for argentina uh they got the goal to kind of you know back up what had been an amazing beginning to the game for them and france they just uh they did not look at it early in this game they didn't look at it for a lot of this game honestly um just something i wanted to point out really quick as far as the argentines they just seemed like they were really fired up for this andrew like did you see them singing the national anthem i, I don't know if i've ever seen a team sing the national anthem with so much like enthusiasm as they did. It seemed like they were just so jacked up for this a lot more than the French were to start. And they were just flying all over the pitch, even before the goal. They for the whole game, really until what we'll get into later on happened, happened with France. Right. Um, it, it seemed like every time France had the ball, um, there were three Argentines just right on top of them right away, yeah, just they- giving them no space. They, they definitely brought the energy to start, right? Like, I feel like a lot of times in finals and stuff like that, right, both teams start so hot 
that there's not anywhere for them to go. Right. And in this one, like you, you talked about it, but like France just started like, oh, I guess we got to play today. Like I'm not going to put that much effort in. And Argentina basically started as if, you know, I don't know. It was like the world cup final or something. They started with so much intensity and just were all over the field, especially that midfield, like that midfield, what two or three, whoever, however they were lined up there, but they were just, they just had the urgency Right. And like, and it shows with the early goal and then Di Maria turning the clock back, man. Just like, this is uh, the first, the first half was for the old guys. The first uh, half look, was for the old guys. And this second goal that we can get into now, um, this has got to be up there, I think, with like that Brazil goal against oh. Croatia that we talked about. Like, just these, these amazing team goals. It was obviously Messi has the little like turn and dink in the midfield that kind of, gets them all the space but then the through ball by McAllister too to Di Maria was so just gross. so good so good Di Maria no mistakes at all on it puts it over Loris and just a, it was a it was a beautiful goal. like that was um honestly like leading up to that goal that was the first time France even looks like they were kind of getting into the game and they just literally their first kind of foothold in the game it felt like Argentina steals possession it's going the other way and they just counterattack the hell out of them and it's it's oh, two nothing yeah. just like that it seems like france they're not even out of the blocks yet no and, and it felt like france which like it's funny to say like the inexperienced team because they're the reigning world cup champions right they have all these big time players but like this france and like there's a lot of you know the argentine and like midfield right is pretty much all new turned over but they had like this feeling of like yeah we'll figure it out don't worry like we got this and it's just like who is providing this level of calm you have for no reason right now (laughs) why is this happening because the game could not have been going worse especially after that beautiful goal for sure and um i guess i have a question in that do you think um we talked about before the tournament started how no pogba no conte um is this you know, young and experienced French midfield, which they ended up playing a little bit older a lineup. So I guess maybe not young and inexperienced is the wrong word besides like a chew mini, but just not their A squad out there in the midfield. Um, we worried about that. And we wondered if they were going to have enough there and that would be an area teams would get at them. And it seems like that didn't really happen for most of this tournament. The first time I thought it, I, it started to look like a problem to me was in that England game when mm-hmm. Bellingham and yeah. Rice and Henderson were really starting to yeah, run riot in the midfield. And they, you know, like I said, I'm, I'm on the record for saying I think England probably should have won that game for the way it was going. Um, but that's the first time it started to look really shaky against Morocco. It was look like I think we've talked about some players in Morocco, like Amrabat and stuff in that midfield. They were playing very well, but when you look at those teams on paper, France should be owning that midfield. And I'd say it was really a net even in that game at best. And then um, today, like Argentina's midfield just played them out of the game. Um, I, I don't know how many times I even heard Rabio or Chuamini's name in this entire game. Which is, which is crazy because it's not like, I mean, Fernandez has been really, really good at this World Cup, right? Enzo Fernandez, he, I kind of can't believe it, like one young player of the tournament. But like this midfield for Argentina has just been incredible. Like McAllister has that pass too. Like 
you got dudes from Brighton, and I think is Fernandez playing for Benfica right now, right? And then like Rodrigo DePaul has been very good as good. Uh, yeah, DePaul's been very good as well. But like, you basically have these two unknown guys on the international stage, right? And they just are absolutely carving up this defense, providing so much energy and like like fearlessness, right? Kind of like that almost a fearlessness of a young player who doesn't know, right? He doesn't know any better than to give it his all and go through on this. But like just a beautiful performance, man, especially especially in that first half. Deschamps having to make two subs before half, before half, not at half, right? Isn't it, is, isn't it before half? He makes before those two half. subs. Is and I'm insane. I'm very interested. In, yeah, I'm very interested in your thoughts on this because I have some. But uh, I'll, I'll let you go first. What did you What did you think about that? Because he takes Dembele and Giroud off for Terman and um, Colomunde. Yeah, my my assessment from that is basically he just went like, "Hey, our work rate is so horrible, right? Like Mbappe is not really going to press, right? He's not going to be involved in that. But it's the price you play for having an Mbappe, right?" It's the same price Messi, Argentina pays for having a Messi. It's like, unless it's literally the World Cup final, which I thought he did some good tracking back and stuff like that late in the game today. But he's mostly walking around doing his own thing, looking at the offense, right? Giroud's not going to provide much in the press. And then Dembele just was not in the game today. So pulling those two for literally guys who I feel like their middle names must be work rate is is the is like a very good move right kind of insulting but it's the world cup final it's not the time to make it's not the time to make friends right i thought kolo muani was really good and pressing all over and thurum or thurum as well like they, they were absolutely the right moves and it showed in the second half so i think i agree with them being the right moves and i can't Look, Didier Deschamps been to back-to-back World Cups. Like I'm, he's won one of them. He got to the final in this one. I'm not going to criticize him too hard on this, but um, if you really wanted to set the tone, I feel like because look, it's four minutes to halftime. If you really wanted to set the tone and tell your team to like wake the fuck up, like they needed to, I think the Dembele sub was reasonable because he had had an atrocious first 40 minutes. And that side was just getting absolutely overrun. Like that whole side of the pitch was mm-hmm. absolutely getting overrun. Yeah. And he commits um, the penalty, right? Too. Which right. Is, which is part so of I'm okay with that. I did not, I didn't like, and maybe it's just an emotional thing. I did not like the Giroud thing. I get where it makes sense that you wanted to move Mbappe center and Giroud's work rate's not going to go like really work with what they're trying to set up. I think you make that change at halftime because I think for a guy like Giroud who's been such a good like soldier for this team, and he and he still is. He's not gonna. Th- he didn't throw a fit. He came off and he was respectful about it and everything. I believe he was even interviewed afterwards and asked about, it and he was respectful about it. But yeah, I thought that was really disrespectful to Olivier Giroud. I mean, sure, like I I don't I mean, but like I think it kind of just goes to show like one Giroud's not Benzema. Right. Let's be real. If if Benzema was the guy up there not giving it all or anything like that, which he never really does. Right. That guy has a crazy work rate, I feel like, for Madrid. Um, but the striker not playing for them. Right. There's no chance you can make that kind of sub. Right. But Giroud, like you said, he's always going to be gracious. He's always like I feel like that's why I miss him so much at Chelsea half the time. Not because he's this incredible player. He can score and do a lot for your team. Right. I think he's great in the attack. 
but just because he's on the bench and he's reliable and you can always trust him to do what the team needs. Right. So like, I have no doubt he said the right thing. I also have no doubt as a competitor, he was like furious, but like, let's be real. This game was never going to be the Olivier Giroud legacy game. Right. Like think if it was flipped around, right. They never would have pulled Messi, Right. But Di Maria comes right off basically after half. Right. This is not the game to get your testimonial in for France. Yeah, and Argentina, I, right? Because I don't and, think anybody hardly played better than Di Maria in the first half. And the second, it kind of settles into a game where clearly Argentina is going to need to do some defending I'll, immediately, right? Just because the work rate's not there. Yeah, and we can, we'll can we dive into the second half stuff here in a second. And we'll get to that sub because it was suspicious. But I, I, overall, just to wrap it up, I, I understand. I think tactically it was the right move. I, it obviously paid off in spades in the second half. Yeah. I just thought... For four minutes, this this is quite possibly this guy's, not even quite possibly, it's definitely going to be Giroud's last game in a World Cup for France. And that's just kind of a shitty way for a guy that's been so good for them this tournament. Well, he's got five goals, I believe, this tournament. Right, yeah. He was, yeah. It's, and he stepped in when the Benzema thing happened and stuff, and he stepped in and he's been really good. I just, I it, it felt icky to me, but that's more of a emotional thing, I think. Tactically, it all made sense. I would have just, yeah. I guess, preferred for him no, to wait I, the four, wait the four minutes, and just sub him off at halftime, move Mbappe central. Then, but I, I just think, like, honestly, because this team is not a very old team with France, but it is a very decorated team, right? Um, you know, like half of them are playing from Real Madrid, the other half have already won a World Cup, right? They're coming back for this one. The easiest way, I think for Deschamps to really send a message no matter what he wants to say at halftime, right? Because getting subbed at half is an insult to these guys, right? They understand it at some point. Getting subbed before half is like some junior high shit, right? Like, like seriously, like that's like some, usually that only ever happens with like an injury or something incredible happening. So I think it kind of sent the message like before we even get in the locker room where I'm going to scream at you or change this all up, we're going to change it preemptively with guys who actually want to run and want to be here. Yeah. And I, I understand the circumstances and everything. I, I definitely don't think that it was the wrong. Dis- like, look, the the second half, we're going to get into it now, played out the way it did largely because of those changes. I think it was the right thing. I just thought it was a little, it didn't feel right to me. I don't know. But nonetheless, that's not really the reason we're here. Let's talk about the second half. And honestly, when it opened, it was kind of the game had settled down a little bit, but it was really more the same. Um, mm-hmm. France still didn't look at it for most of the second half. And really the first thing of real talking point, I guess, of the second half would be that Di Maria sub when um, Scaloni brings him off for another left back in Acuna, <laughs> yeah. who, if I'm not mistaken, Acuna was the one I believe who was um, scratched in pregame because he was originally scheduled to start and he like tweaked something and warm up and they put him out there to try to see this out. Mm-hmm. He's playing with two left backs on the field, uh, potentially three. <laughs> and yeah, it looks like um, an old Man United lineup. It's just like all our wingers are just defensive backs, so we've pushed we just, up the field yeah. a little bit. Yeah, we just bought all these guys and we just we don't know where to put them. So well, that's the whatever. Pep strategy specifically with left backs. But. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> so that itself was curious. Uh, look, and I think that we should point out that uh, Di Maria was hurt. He hadn't played the last couple of games. He was coming yeah. off a injury. So maybe there's something to do with fitness there that they didn't want to push him too much. But 
the game, um, not instantaneously, but it started to change kind of after that as Argentina kind of let off the gas a bit and let France into the game. France still didn't have a shot until I believe the 70th minute of this game. So it's not like they just (laughs) settled right into it, but Argentina started to let off the gas a little bit, but with that substitution, but did you have any thoughts on them bringing Acuna in there and taking Di Maria off? Um, just a little bit on like, you're right in a, in a vacuum where Di Maria is healthy. Um, talk about who deserved to stay on and that kind of thing. Right. Di Maria has been super, super good in this game. Right. He draws, he draws the penalty. He scores the, you know, he gets on the end of that. He makes a crazy gut rusting run to get on the end of that. Right. And finish it off for Argentina. So like if anybody deserves to stay on and also just like, him and Messi are the old guard. Him, Messi, and Otamendi, right? Like, there would have been something kind of poetic if those three were, like, the first three dudes taking penalties or something like that, right? Um, so, like, I hate to see him come off, but at the same time, like, you're right. The game started to shift a little bit, and at the first sign of literally any issue at all, they were like, nope, get a defender out there. Give me somebody who's going to run and try to make this dream a reality. But, um, yeah. Well, that was the... Yeah, go that was the 64th. I just looked it up. That was the 64th minute. And like we said, France had their first shot in the 70th minute. So uh, you don't want to be too simple minded and just be like, oh, they bought a defender on and they just all of a sudden got better. But yeah. you could tell that Argentina had kind of once they it, a is obviously signifying if they're bringing a defender in for an attacker that they're starting to let off the gas. It felt a little early for that to me. Um, and just the fact that, look, we we criticized Brazil in their game for not being a little more defensive, but that was so much later in the game. That it was like, and look, um, Croatia is a team that's going to be very effective on the counter attack. Like France had nothing. France had nothing going in this game at all. And like, not even a shot. I, I didn't understand. It's got to be a knock. That's what I have to think is just him coming off that knock that they were trying. Like you have 60 minutes in you today. No ifs, ands or buts about it because right. everything was working up into that point, And, that first shot by the French in the 70th, and things kind of spiraled from there, Andrew. You bring up a good point with, like, if Di Maria's got 60 minutes, right, in him, or he's got a good 45 minutes or something like that, right? Because it's the final, you have to do that in the first half, right? You can't bring someone on for 45 minutes at halftime, right, in a game like this where, one, it ended up going to extra time, but you can't then try to make the sub for the same position twice, so... You know, that that just might have been scheduled before the game even started, right? Like, all right, we're giving Di Maria 60 minutes, and maybe it could have been a more offensive switch. But kind of the next thing, like, there's a shot on goal at the 70th minute, but, like, did you see, like, Coleman comes in for Griezmann, and then Camavinga comes in to play left back for Teo Hernandez, who Teo Hernandez was not having a great game, I don't think. But no. Antoine Griezmann coming out of this game, I he didn't he wasn't playing well, but... Whew. Talk about something I didn't really agree with at the time. <laughs> well, this kind of goes to show because I sat here a minute ago and off the top of my head when we were talking about the midfields, I was like, yeah, I didn't even hear Rabio or Chuamini's names barely. I-, I didn't even think it like I was like, who was the third midfielder? I was sitting here trying to rack my brain. I'm like, uh, it took me 60 seconds later when you were talking. I was like, Griezmann. Yeah, like Griezmann was for somebody we said leading into this game has been maybe the player of the tournament coming in. Right. If France would have won today or yesterday, I'm sorry, might have won player of the tournament and a com- completely individual Casper, the friendly ghost out there. Um, I didn't notice Griezmann at all. So 
look, I, I do think it was weird when you need two goals, you bring off this guy that's been so good, but he... But talk about just, a guy not getting it done. Just right? not like, effective at all in this game, yeah. No, and, and that's the thing with him on France in this tournament, really, before before yesterday's game. Like, he is the guy who's all over the field, right? He is the guy who's putting passes in from everywhere and releasing this offense and just... I don't know if it's, like, good strategy on... You know, maybe maybe Argentina did something to kind of take him out of the game or pinch that middle of the field where he kind of likes to roam and operate and stuff like that. But, man, they came on. And then I think Coleman was pretty good for them. Like, just with running and tracking back and, honestly, that kind of stuff, things I don't necessarily think of for Kingsley Coleman. Like, I, it was definitely the right call at the time because Griezmann was not doing anything. It seems like France just needed guys with more energy because, like, a guy like Griezmann – I'm not saying he doesn't have work rate. He just, he's will, he's a little bit more of that kind of float around, like just be mm-hmm. really good midfielder sometimes. And they just kind of bought in like with their other subs too, with Kolo Muani and uh, Terman, like just rock and roll run fast type right. of guys like yes. Coman. And it All seems like they really, yep. they had to make this game crazy and they kind of did. And they started just bombing <laughs> balls in and, um, and it was literally balls- immediately effective. <laughs> Bombing balls behind um, former suspect Manchester City defenders and vintage, vintage Nicholas Otamendi. I have oh, seen yeah. that play so many times, man. And I, as soon as I saw the ball, I realized it was Nicholas Otamendi back. I was like, uh-oh. And I, I was laughing so hard. I, it's one of those things like I almost texted you, but I was like, too many things happen. Before I could even get the text off, something happens like 90 seconds later. But Yeah. Yeah, it was a tough game for like talking about it while you're going. Like I was trying to even manage Twitter a little bit, and it's like I, well, there's too much to happening. But um, yeah, so ball in behind. It was a nice ball, and uh, was it Coleman that he bought down? Oh, I can't remember okay. off the top of my head. I wa- I watched the highlights fourteen no, it's, times. It's, and I can't uh, yeah, it's Colomuani. Colomuani, not Coleman. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, so he brings down Colomuani, um, who gets. It looked Quick, like Otamini had it. Yeah. It looked like Otamini had it, like the angle for it, and he just like veers, and then he takes one bad step, and Kolumani's quick, and he just gets behind him, and he just you know, American football tackles him, and it's a penalty. My my long running theory on Nicholas Otamendi is that he literally has like little man syndrome because not because he's like short for footballer, but he's short for a defender. Yeah. Right? Where if something bad happens, he's like, watch, I can I can fix it with my physicalness. I can I can fix it. It's like. Oh man, like what if you just kind of like, I, okay, I weirdly think he's like the opposite of Azpilicueta because I never see Asp get mad at anybody, right? But he's also like kind of undersized playing center back. And Otamendi, I feel like he just gets like this, this, I get, I get Kolumwani, the worst guy in the entire France team goes right around me. I'm going to fix it. It's like, oh, Nicholas, buddy, <laughs> you're a hundred years old. Well, he did. Messi, Messi had to be like, God bless it, Otamendi. You've done this to me a thousand times. Well, to be fair, um, if he was playing American football, he did tackle him short of the goal line, so I guess he did fix it in that regard. But for this sport, not so much. Penalty, Mbappe steps up, and we kind of referenced it earlier, no mistakes. He absolutely blazes it. Uh, Emi Martinez even gets a hand on it. Right. 
Might have broken fingers, to be honest. <laughs> Mbappe put four balls in the net today, which we'll get to the other ones later. And Emmy Martinez got his hands to three of them. <laughs> That's how hard Mbappe he was taking the ball. He got today. his hands to three of them, and I didn't think for a second he was going to save any of them. Exactly. Like, like that, that's crazy. Like, if someone gets a hand to it, it's like, oh, maybe he can get – nope. That was the hardest hit ball I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know it isn't, but at the same point, just like – I, just a beautiful penalty. And Messi was like, well – or uh, Mbappe was like, well, that spot seems to be working for me, so I'll just keep going to that same left-hand side. Well, Why would I change what no one can physically, humanly uh, stop? Yeah, that works for him. And um, you saw a kind of right away, obviously a goal is going to do that, but a jolt to life for this France team. They were running to grab the ball, collect it, get play restarted as quick as they could. And I, I fired off a tweet being like game on and before, by the time I looked up at the TV, they're dispossessing Messi in midfield. And I believe it was Terman with little flicked ball over the top. Um, yeah. yeah, it was, it was a beautiful. It was a beautiful little ball. I, mm-hmm. I think that's gotten underrated in this whole thing because the finish by Mbappe is amazing. It's like a, a volley as he's falling backwards to the left. Yeah. It's a very like awkward looking, but beautiful. Like if you understand how difficult it is, because he hits it so hard as he's like falling backwards and just. It looks like a logo, right? Yeah. Like he looks. Like, it looks like a logo of like. It kind of looks like the Bundesliga logo or something. That's what I was about to say. I was like, I know it's not MLS, <laughs> but who is it? But like, seriously, it it's the same way. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He, it looks like the Bundesliga logo, kind of where he's just like. I don't know enough about soccer to be like, oh, it's the perfect form. And he maybe, you know, maybe it is, maybe it isn't. I don't know. But whatever he did to that ball is beautiful. I can't it's, believe the ball didn't pop. Because you you yeah, referenced before this. That was the same ball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was the same <laughs> yeah, you ball. You the penalty before and you were like, that's the hardest hit ball I've seen. It was, yeah, to that point. And then I saw him hit <laughs> that one and I was like, oh, new number one. But <laughs> Is soccer like baseball? So they go through like hundreds a game? I know it's not, but that's that's the thought I would need to have after that one's like, nope, this one's scuffed. This one you can't even use anymore. I mean, get rid of it. They need they they had to have decommissioned that ball after that one. If it was the same ball, you kicked the penalty with. There's no way that that thing was still in service. But yeah, if they're if they're not doing that, they got to hang it in the Louvre, man, because that thing's a work of art. I think it would have been in the Louvre if it wasn't for the way the game turned out, which we'll get spoiler alert. Uh, you guys Louvre. already Vinci, know by now. Da Vinci died. You can put stuff in the Louvre even if it doesn't turn out well. But. Um, <laughs> Yeah, man. And it's look, these were France's first two shots on target in this game. First two shots on target. They're both in that. I mean, Martinez gets a piece of both of these and just Mbappe kicks him so hard. Didn't have a chance. (laughs) Didn't do anything wrong. Went the right way, dove, made himself big, did everything right. And it's just uh, Mbappe, who was invisible most of this game, just turned it up and. Man, um, I don't know. It left me. I, this is how I was when it happened. I was speechless. I was speechless when they scored the second goal, Andrew, because this game looked like it was just drudging along and it was going to be like, I, I was already in just anticipating. I'm like, man, what is Messi going to do in this trophy ceremony? What's this trophy ceremony going to be like? And just, just like, just snap of the fingers. It's 2 2. At 70 minutes, right before the game kind of changed, like we were talking about, I think my only real thought was, it'd be kind of nice for Messi to get a third, right? <laughs> like maybe we can get Messi, like not a third, but a second. Like if we can get Messi another goal here, that'd be kind of nice for his like legacy. Like that, that's where my head was. And I, I don't think I was wrong in that at the time. And then France decided to give a shit. And holy cow, man. Holy cow. Mbappe. Mbappe's nuts, dude. 
he is nuts and um we'll get into like a little bit of goat talk a little later because um we uh, we (laughs) (laughs) i knew exactly where that was headed you had the look on your face of like and i'm gonna say erling holland is the world's greatest human i'm like "Mm." we'll talk about him in january maybe after christmas No comment, but because um, that's exactly look, where it was going. Absolutely, it's it's Messi. Messi's the goat, but um, in all seriousness, like Mbappe was already pretty high on the contender list of you know number one contender to that title, the next to fight the champ for that, and he's uh, this game today. Um, we'll, we'll get further in. He obviously gets another goal in extra time that we'll get to in a minute, but. A hat trick in the final and a losing effort. Only the second player ever to have a hat trick in the final. It was, this was just crazy, man. Yeah, to get to right before in, uh, extra time here, um, your boy. You were talking earlier about kind of just a disrespectful exit for Giroux. Not true. He's picking up a yellow card in the ninety fifth minute here. So, do you know how <laughs> mad that made me? I had him in DraftKings, so I was already pissed <laughs> off that he had like one yeah. points before and he gets pulled before halftime and so you know maybe that's why i'm so mad like maybe this is actually i've totally exposed myself worms can of worms open worms everywhere this is yeah. why i was felt disrespected i felt disrespected i didn't give a shit about Giroud's feelings but then this guy goes and gets a dash one by getting a yellow card when he's not even in the freaking game it was it was tough <laughs> bud like i i love like the idea i like anything where the bench gets involved in the official part of the game, right? Like I love when an umpire is yelling at like the bench in baseball, like all those type of things, giving a card to a specific guy on the, on the bench to shut up is so good. So much. So good. Yeah, that was tough. Um, But then right before that, that was right near the end of uh, regulation. But then right before that, both teams had like really good scoring chances at the end. I can't remember who it was for, it might have been Mbappe's shot where like Emmy makes the save and then um, it kind of dribbles out in front of him and the defender like kneels down and is just kneeling like a penguin in front of the ball and waiting Cole for Emmy. Mar- okay, so it's Kolo Muane's shot and um, that was a big save by Martinez that kind of saved the game. Um, foreshadowing that happens again, and then oh, dude, we almost got the greatest moment ever if Messi and like the last minute of that stoppage time, if that curler from the outside of the box ripples, the twine, maybe the best, maybe the best moment in sports ever foreshadowing. We had something that was a contender for that too. Um, But Oh, I, when he lined up, when he got that space and he lined up for that shot, it it, look, we've seen Messi do that so many times before. I, I, I thought he was going to do it. And he, like, honestly, for his standard, it was he hit he, so hard. He hit it so hard. And that was the only reason it was like still kind of a tough save for Lloris, but he hit it yeah. right in the middle of the net. And it was still a challenge for Lloris. So uh, I just almost freaked out when that happened. Um, I was, I was standing up and like, I, as I saw the moves, it was the type of thing. I saw the move developing and I saw you at the space. And I saw he was going to hit it, and I stood up and I was, Oh, fall back into the couch type of thing. But, Oh, that would have been so cool. Things like that always like make me regress to being the world's worst sports fan. When I'm like, you can't give him that much space. You've got to stay by Messi. It's like, yeah, fucking obviously they're trying to stay with Messi, right? Like the guy's movement's incredible. Like this happens a lot. And like whenever I watch hockey, because you're mm-hmm. a much better hockey fan than I am. I'm like, well, why wouldn't you just like to go back to like the Blackhawks, right? It's like when they were good, it's like, why wouldn't you just stay with Patrick Kane on the power play? What are you doing? It's like, 
yeah, of course they're trying to do that, right? Like, why would you let Ovechkin get that one-timer over there on the left-hand side? Even I know that's happening, and I'm not good at hockey. Mm -hmm. It's like, yeah, man, they're good at their stuff too. (laughs) There's a reason they have, like, signature stuff. It's just like, yep, there's Messi kind of lurking at the edge of the penalty area. I wonder if he's going to get involved. All of a sudden, start sprinting, ball comes to him. It's just like... Like, if there was, like, a logo for messy goals, right? If he's not dribbling through 30 people, right? Messy, 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 messy. It's that. It's it's that curler anybody, from outside the box. Why isn't anybody standing close? Oh, they're not close enough to Messi. Here we go. If Messi started his own soccer league, that would be like the – we talked about the Bundesliga logo. That would be the logo of him winding up for a shot, a curler from right outside the box. That would be the Messi Football League logo. Either that or him just standing in the foreground when you look behind him, there's like six players from some Spanish team you've never heard of just on the ground, clearly in his wake. Like those are the two logo options. 100%. But um, that brought us to extra time, man. And uh, honestly, the first extra time I didn't, I didn't have a lot except for Arturo Martinez missing a great chance. It was a, uh, he had a, he had a good moment, but that was a, he, he had a tough, uh caveat cameo Cameo. in this game yeah i it's like one of those things where like he makes a lot of really good plays right to like get in those positions and stuff like that but like obviously he could have been the hero like three different times in a very short sequence i i can't remember if it was an extra time or if it was right before regulation the one where uh, we should reference the upa makano block which was a heroic block to say upa makano had a very sneaky very good game from a 33 game from a defender that was a it was heroic. The, the block by him was heroic, but and I heard a stat today that blew my mind even more. Apparently, Lautaro Martinez in Serie A is eons above everybody else at hitting the ball first time. Like to his detriment, most of the time he hits the ball first time. Like an, an obnoxious, oh, like he takes the extra touch. Oh, like legitimately, like twenty five percent more often than like anybody else in Serie A. He hits the ball on his first time, and he doesn't hit that ball first time. And I'm just, we're all watching it. Like, what the fuck are you doing, man? Hit that ball, and apparently it's, that's time. that's his bread and butter. That's his mo. Apparently, and this one he takes the extra touch, misses it. He had the other one like over the top that he put wide when he got in behind. So that was a yeah, tough there's... first extra time for him. I'm looking at the like the little timeline they have of the game here, right? 103, Lataro comes in. 105 is that Upamakano block. And then a second, and then at 105 plus one is another Upamakano block on a Martinez, like before he can get the ball off. So it's just like, mm-hmm. yeah, this is the time of the game where I really noticed. I think he had a couple good plays in the first half too, Upamakano, but um talk about like just like it really, really tough to highlight a defender in a three-three game with two of the best players, you know, ever and alive right now playing as good as they did. But like, give give that man his flowers. Yeah, give for that man his flowers for a shaky defensive game. I, I thought he was pretty okay too. Um, but let's move along to the second extra time here, as it was still two-two going into that, and we got. I have thoughts. I have a rant in a second, but let's just. Let's let's set the table first, I suppose, and that sure. um, the guy we just referenced, Latoro Martinez, uh, he's a big part of this play. Is the ball is dinked up to him, he plays a little one-two with uh, Fernandez, but gives it to Fernandez, makes a little run, just onside thing, just barely by Varon's like left butt cheek, just barely keeps him onside, takes a shot uh, right at Loris, but hits it hard enough, spills a rebound, and it's that man. Leo Messi cleaning it up, puts one in. uh, 
who else, man, would it be? I believe, like, I believe it was your boy Upa Makano was in the net trying to clear it, but uh, I, I could tell right on the broadcast. I saw it was too deep in the net. I knew right away it was a goal. They were kind of questioning it. I'm not trying to toot my own horn or anything. I just I saw where he was no, in the I, net. I was like, there's no way he kept that out. I agree. I thought it was a goal. I was worried they were going to call it off sides. It I was more worried about that. It had one of those feel like one of that horrible feeling that everybody knows as a soccer fan of that was incredible. Don't ruin it. Right. Right. Like, there's nothing worse than, oh, and they score and the stadium's too loud and guys are running off towards the corner flag. And then the ref just looks over to his right and there's just a dude holding the flag up. And it's, oh. I have a little bit of a see that. And this is where I was more worried about that issue. I have a tiny bone to pick. This is not my main rant. My main rant's in a second. This is my little rant is that during this, Stu Holden, who I've just come to not really enjoy his commentary during oh, this tournament, like his first instinct though is like it's happening he's he's in the background as the stadium's going crazy he's going offside offside he says offside like twice and i'm like the flag's up are you serious the flag's up and the flag's not up and i'm like and then like you know he shut up for a minute and then he's like we gotta watch for offside i'm like okay like i understand the var thing might happen but like you're making me think the flag's up and i'm sitting here screaming in my basement and like freaking out because i think i watched just maybe one of the best sporting moments ever and you're like oh the flag's up like that would have been a really like a real kick in the dick but not offside. It counts. Just, and just just to yeah. note that you have the same VAR complaint as all the old English people who want it washed out of the game of it maybe ruined a moment moment instead of getting it right. Just want it noted. Just want it noted. That's the old British guy rebuttal for like get this out of our game. We don't want to be proper right. football we man. Want, we just want to be happy or sad. It's like no, be right. Um, it was. It was it more. I've been, as someone who's gotten alive, it, it didn't take away. F- I know. I know you don't care. I'm. Not, I'm just saying. Like you're making the exact point they make. Yeah. And I always want to bring that to your attention, as you are the uh, the head of the anti-British league here. Um, yeah. So anytime Football, you align it? with them, anytime you align with them, I'm going to absolutely let you know about it, like any good friend should. But um, it didn't take away from me in the moment, and I think I think this broadcast team like maybe it's just like my American brain is thinking the same thing at the same time. Right. Because I now can't watch an important goal like that and not have VAR in the back of my mind. Right. As long as it's not like the worst thing in the whole world, which is like, actually there was a foul uh, 10 minutes ago in the same sequence of play. Cause I can't stand that. It's like, I do just want to be right immediately. Right. I'm fine with, I'm fine with dampering the celebration a little bit. And I have to, I've been critical of VAR in the past. I will say that I was skeptical of this semi-automated offside thing. They got that, we knew pretty quickly, which was great. Like there was none of this like five minutes of waiting for to see if this goal counted. It was like within what, 10, 15 seconds of this goal going in. Like we we're like, okay, it's over the line. And we're like, was it offside? And it was like, we knew pretty quickly. So I did enjoy that. I, I would like for that to be implemented in like everything and just... Look, I don't love the fractional offside and stuff, but like at least if it's like you can tell me in that quick of a time, great. This I love is that. why this is why you skip leg day, right? That's one or two <laughs> squats away from being offsides we play on. Like <laughs> if you didn't have such a dump truck, it wouldn't be such a problem. But no, Ron's dumpy. Ron's <laughs> dumpy just costing them. I love when they go to, and I don't know why, it kind of makes me laugh every time, but like you have pictures of the real players out there. What they do is instead, for the VAR replays, 
is instead of just show the real picture, right? And I know it's like to help with clarity and everything, right? That, right? But instead of like Varan out there, you just see like a nameless, shapeless man wearing a blue shirt. Yeah. With a <laughs> dump it's truck. His fault. It's not Varan's fault. <laughs> not stepping up. It's this nameless, faceless Frenchman. And God, if he didn't ruin the whole game. <laughs> it may, uh, I'm not kidding. It makes me laugh a little bit every time when I'm like, and here we go to the computer. Computer, what do you got? Blue shorts? Not in the way. All right. Thanks, computer. <laughs> like, But uh, not to minimize it, what a goal. Kind of shades of the, um, you know, my American brain, right? The Landon Donovan following up the uh, the strike from, I think it's Josie, right? Or is it Josie playing mm-hmm. it into... But following it up, being there, putting the ball over the line, like I think I tweeted at the time, like, is it a goal? Does it count? Was he offsides? Like, there's so many questions. And it was just like the perfect pandemonium. Like, I had my brother and people texting me who don't really care about soccer. It's a perfect encapsulation of like you wait around for this thing to happen all day, right? And then everything gets crazy, right? It's just like the suddenness of soccer in that way is partly what I think makes the sport so incredible. Yeah, and I do want to say that it was a beautiful goal, too. Like, the move for it was all mm-hmm. so nice, too. It was very, obviously, that uh, second goal we referenced earlier with, like, the through ball to Di Maria was kind of worked out of the midfield. This was right on the edge of the box, but it was really intricate, beautiful little one-two passing and a nice through ball, and uh, it's a rebound shot that gets cleaned up, but it still was really a nicely well-worked goal. Mm-hmm. My My rant on this is that, look... FIFA is an organization that's shrouded in darkness for the last 10 or so years, you know? They've lied, they've cheated, they've taken bribes, there's a lot of corruption in all this. They've done a lot of bad things, man. I think that quite possibly the worst thing FIFA has ever done in their history, and that's saying a lot, the worst thing they've ever done is repeal golden goal because if that was a golden goal and Messi scores to win Argentina the World Cup to win in extra time in the final Lionel Messi in my opinion the greatest soccer player of all time at least top two even if you're an old head and you're like I watched Pele back in his day fine but one of the best soccer players of all time the one trophy he's missing at the very not the very end, but the closer to the twilight of his career, his last real chance to probably win this tournament, scores, cements his legacy, game over. Uh, the scenes would have been crazy. It would have been, I'm not kidding. I, I've referenced of like one of the greatest moments in sporting history. I, I think Stone Cold, I've been raking my brain about this, would have been the best moment in the history of sports. The history of sports, not soccer, history of sports. If if uh-huh. Lionel Messi in that game scores that goal to win the World Cup, I think it's the best, the greatest moment in sports ever. I, I really do. I will die on that hill. And I fucking hate FIFA that they ruined that for us. Okay, and we, hold on. We, we got drama later, but I, like I, I wanted okay. that. So that's that's my point. Is this game did not then go into eight minutes, however long, of ten minutes, right? Of slog and substitutions and guys laying on the ground it didn't right like so you want to wipe off Mbappe stepping up right a war you want to you want to wipe off just to get just straight right Mbappe doesn't step up and get that penalty right um 
Martinez doesn't become an absolute monster on the national, on the international stage. Like he's already been, you know, I've talked about Emmy Martinez a bunch on here. Right. But so you're going, no, we don't want that pesky Emmy Martinez shootout. We don't want him celebrating with the golden hand trophy. Like it, like it's his genitals on the stage. And you don't want this, like this. Cause I think the perfect ending to this story, right. Of Lionel Messi and the Argentina team is that at the end of the day, he's their standout player and he does everything he can, but it's a team game. They pick him up at the end of this, right? It's not just one guy. It's the anti, like Ronaldo thought of all this, right? Is it's this team he's pulling by their bootstraps and they're finally like, I'm sure you saw that picture online of like all like Messi taking a picture with all like the little young kids. It's like a little drawing, right? And they're wearing like nine for Julian Alvarez and Rodrigo DePaul, you know, like it's, those guys, and then the picture underneath it is Messi looking a little bit older, and it's all those guys walking with him, right? Like, that's the beauty of team sports. So I get that we love Golden Goal, right? However, in this singular case, I'm happy we didn't have it, man. I'm happy we had more soccer to go play. Shove all of it up your ass, dude. I wanted the Golden Goal. That would have been such... Look... Look, I I know I sound sour grapes here because we got a sour, fantastic sour game. Sour grapes about <laughs> they're fermenting, they're turning into wine right in front of us. My and grapes getting, are and just it's getting better and better with time, unlike your takes. But I I hope look, I I understand we had great moments afterwards, and we'll get into those in a second. I'm, I can just I'm, I'll, I'm I'll, opponent I'll die of on golden my goal in a vacuum. However, if you would give me the option for Mbappe answering the call, right? This is the start of his villain arc, right? Now, literally Mbappe is going, I couldn't drag you losers. I scored three goals by myself. Well, I'll tell you what. Let's do this. Let's um, let's move it forward because I have a main gripe with how this game ended. And well, let's move it forward and get to that because there's awesome things that happened, right? It felt like it was almost yeah, immediately... Like after this mess, this messy goal. I was just not expecting any sour grapes about this. I, I hate it. I just that, that, the the moment would have been so good, dude. And I just I I can't. The moment was pretty damn good. I, uh, yes, this is, but this what? is but this is the the I mean, game was very I good. Feel, I agree on golden goal as an idea, but when you put it into practice, you get more insanity, right? You do like the the last. Five minutes of this game was the most chaotic thing I've ever seen in my entire life. All right, and let's uh, I'm nothing if an agent of chaos. Let's let's move it forward to the last five minutes where um, it's Mbappe on the edge of the box. Want to count. Spencer wants to move us there, but he doesn't want any of it to have happened. So go ahead. I do not. Wait I wish this did not count. Go ahead. Wish... Talk about this stupid Mbappe goal, and then France well, having any hope. You know, go ahead. Bring us through it here, bud. Come on. I'll you bring know. you through it, and then I'll tell you why it all <laughs> kind of sucked. Bother. <laughs> Mbappe, no, this was all, it was fun. I, this this part was fun. Like it was fun. Um, when Mbappe goes down off a corner, I believe it was, and uh, he takes a shot from right outside the box, and um, I believe it was Montiel who slides to block it, leaves his arm kind of dangling up, hits him in the arm. It's um, look, we we've criticized handballs in the past. Um, this was a pretty look by the letter of the law, definitely a handball, definitely inside the box. Um, it's a tough one to get a penalty away from. I'm still a believer in that, but like, Hey, that's look, you make your breaks in France. They 
kind of had turned the game. The game had turned itself into chaos, but France was playing very chaotic at that point and just kind of lashing around. And look, they won the penalty. And this was the one of the the only one of the goals that Mbappe scored that <laughs> didn't uh, involve <laughs> Emmy Martinez getting a hand to it. He just kicked it hard to the Good opposite point. side he dove to. And three all Mbappe, like James Harden, going left, man. Just sit on that left hand. Yeah, um, and it's but no, three like, all. And, man. Yeah, like, I, I mean, that Montiel penalty, it feels a little harsh because it's like, well, what do you want the guy to do? But it hits his hand in the box. And then Mbappe just stepping up, man. Like, I think one of the best things in sports is when somebody can answer the bell, right? You get knocked down as a team, and it's just you got – well, we got Mbappe, so we feel good about this, right? And sure enough, like, somebody coming through when they're supposed to like that in a moment where if he misses it or it gets saved, it's not fine, but it's understandable, right? You've already taken a penalty against the guy, right? He got a hand on it. And, you know, Martinez dives the other way, right? If Mbappe would have changed up anything he was doing, he's got a pretty good shot at that, mm-hmm. right? The same way he got not a Not the way you know, he was kicking him. Well, no, but he got a fingertip to the last one, right? Like Martinez is playing out of his mind right now. And like, just not to say he kicked it so hard again, because that's really riveting analysis. I have of Mbappe kicks ball hard, but like he smoked that thing left and there was no doubt, no doubt. hundred percent. And uh, we're just, we're running along recapping this game. So I'm just going to move it straight ahead to, you just said Martinez playing so good. The um the save at the end of the game. This is where I kind of mean, dude. Like my brain just couldn't comprehend what was happening at the end of this game because <laughs> that save by Martinez like didn't even register in my head of like how good it was. On a oh, yeah. was it Kulumuani or was it Termon yes. who had the chance? Yes, Kulumuani. Kulumuani, yeah. And um, it looked like a ball in behind. I forget which art. I don't believe it was Nicholson's Otamendi that time, but whatever Argentine defender it was, it's, it's, it for, got, sure, it's for sure Otamendi. Was it him again? <laughs> yeah, Ouch. it was him again. Mr. Well, Reliable. Who do we got what, back there? Skinned uh, in on goal, basically alone. And look, it's, it's probably not the best save I've ever seen, but it's one of the most oh, clutch saves I I've know. ever seen. I mean, quality wise, there's been probably, there's probably been better saves, like technical saves, but not in a moment like that. It's going to be, it's as far as like the most substantial saves, it's probably the most, I I wouldn't even say probably, it is the most impactful, substantial save I've ever seen in my life. Oh yeah. And that's not to take it away from it being a subpar save, right? We'd be talking about it if it was on a Tuesday in the FA Cup, if one of our teams made that, you know, save, we'd be like, what a save from... Well, Huge save by Kepper and Mendy aren't doing that shit, so it's got to be Ederson, I guess. But Ederson doesn't like, really make saves either, right? So Zach Steffen, I don't know. Oh, he uh, doesn't make saves either. No, <laughs> between the two of us, we don't have any goalies we like. Uh, Slonina, it's Gabby, it's Gaga. Slonina comes up huge with that. Um, but for real, like that's such a crucial moment of like. I know I brought it up earlier, but I really do think like the most important takeaway from this is like Argentina won it as a team, right? They collectively work so hard for Messi, right? And because of Messi, they're able to get there and do these incredible things, right? Like this is a pretty good team without Messi, right? They definitely probably make the World Cup, right? They definitely probably maybe they can get out of their group or whatever like that. But like he's what makes them special. And at the end of the day, they had his back. 
because it would have been just in line with that messy narrative that you were talking about earlier, right? He does so much, but when it comes to the, you know, the whole of not being this, the whole not being greater than the sum of their parts, it would have been nothing if like, who is it? Romero was their goalie for a long time, mm-hmm. right? If like Romero gives that goal up, like you can't blame him. It's an incredible save to even get a foot to that, right? You can yell at Otamendi, but even then the pass was beautiful, right? Like it was an amazing it, pass. But it would have, but it would have just been another example of like poor Messi can't quite get it done. And no, Emmy Martinez puts a flag in the ground, says we are not going quietly into the night. I'm making play when we need to. Yeah, it was so heroic and. um they, they could add another hero. Like, Lautaro, it goes the other way. This is like, I couldn't keep up. My brain was emotional overload at this point because it's like, I'm just starting to process this save that Emmy Martinez made. And they're at the other end, and Lautaro has a free header. And I know oh. he put it, I don't know how he, it would have been easier for him to put it in the net than to put it where he did. He put it about 60 feet wide to the right. Like it's just, he completely gets it wrong. And it's a, it's a terrible miss. It's a terrible miss. I watched back. I went back and watched the replay. It's horrifying. If it's, I, I think honestly that he's gotten a little bit of a free pass on it. Cause obviously they go on because it the works game. out. Right. It works. Out. Yeah. yeah. But, but also I think that people were like me and that they just, their brain hadn't caught up to what just happened with Emmy Martinez that they were just like, Oh, they missed a chance. Was, I mean, no, they missed an A plus chance. <laughs> they missed an A plus chance. And like, I'm looking at right now, just because the next thing up here is the penalty kickers, right? It's Messi, Dybala, Paredes, Montiel. If it went to the fifth penalty, do you think it's Martinez taking one? Just like after all that, like, I would have been like, hey, what if anyone else takes it? Can the coach take a penalty? How about anyone in the stands? Would you like to give it a shot here? Loris isn't super good at penalty saves, but like you're you're right. He 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 absolutely gets off the hook in uh in a way that like a lot of strikers don't get to because they get absolutely rescued in this game by by their goalkeeper. But Well, I had, I heard somebody specifically say, uh I saw a tweet that said Man, tough tournament for inner strikers, huh? After what Lukaku did earlier in the tournament, so yeah, that's not that's the why, best. That's for why interview. we don't want him back on loan. We're worried he's going to corrupt. Uh, but um, the yeah, tough, tough look. But uh, that sense of the penalties, and this is to circle back just very quickly. This is my gripe with it: is I hate that this game ends on penalties. I, I, I just, I don't look. They're dramatic. They can be kind of fun. This game was so good. I wanted them to play forever. I, I I understand you have to end the game somehow, and I think Golden Goal would just have accomplished that way more effectively. Yes, you lose that drama of the Mbappe tying it up. You lose the Martinez save. You lose the other Martinez yeah, missing a great chance. I, I, I can't. I, I just can't, I don't. You can't abide by half the chaos of this game just being. Fun. It would have been chaotic, and it, it, I, I still maintain that if Messi scores that goal, it's – look, I think that we are, as human beings uh, – look, here's a, here's a great example. Um Think of like, if you think back to the day when um, Argentina won their last World Cup, I believe it was their last World Cup, when um, you have, yeah, when you have um, Maradona, obviously, running right at that tournament. You know, I hear things, obviously, I wasn't alive to see this, but I hear things of like Maradona dominated this tournament and stuff, and like Messi dominated this tournament, and it was great and everything. But uh, like what stands out, hand of God, like that's a moment that everybody from then remembers, and I think that... Look, Messi had some great moments in this tournament, like that Guardiol, like the run he made against Guardiol, where he absolutely skins him. Like, 
he did a bunch of other really nice things like him scoring a penalty in the final will stick out a little bit, but look, and if, if he scores and that's the game over and it's done dusted, um, in 500 years, when, if we haven't destroyed this planet yet, and we're still alive as a species when Qatar's underwater and it hasn't been a country for 200 years and we're in our doomsday bunkers, like people are still talking about Messi, that messy moment of him scoring in the world cup final to win the world cup three to two. I think that's just, that's kind of where I'm at. It doesn't cheapen it though. It doesn't cheapen it. Like, listen, I love the idea of golden goal. I think the best thing in maybe all of sports is a walk-off home run or a buzzer beater, right? In a vacuum, right? But like the idea, like this argument's easier if you would have gone about it in the way of like, I don't like penalties. I love penalties, man. I love, like it's, I understand it's not the best soccer thing, right? It's not how a soccer game should be solved. What, blah, blah, blah put these dudes in the realest pressure cooker they've ever seen in their entire lives. Right. Cause I want to see Emmy Martinez, who I think is insane. Um, just absolutely mind control these people, right. <laughs> these incredible French footballers who outside of Kylian Mbappe, like are apparently just guys you can mess with. Right. He's standing there holding the ball. They walk up, he throws the ball away. Like that's like, I love the idea of like, it kind of like, and it's almost kind of similar to, right? Like an at bat in baseball, right? It all comes down to this: the pitcher's going to throw his best pitch, the hitter's going to do what he can with it, right? Except for you got to dive the right way and hope you can get a hand to it. I I just think like the human drama of it all, right, is so beautiful, right? It's just like this pressure cooker of we're going to get a diamond out of this some way. Yeah, and. This is this isn't even necessarily a attack on penalties as a whole. I just I think it's a tough way to settle a championship game. I guess is what I'm saying because um, there is a element of randomness to it, but there is an element of skill to it. I'm not totally sitting here just saying it's just completely random when you get there because you just away goals. That's for damn sure. Yeah, because you just referenced it. Um, look, I, he's getting some flack from a lot of people. I would take Emmy Martinez on me. my team. Oh my gosh! Every Give me day, that psycho any day. Are you that what he did on the chew him anyone where he grabs the ball before and like yeah, chew him and he walks up to grab the ball. He, he walks <laughs> to him and he just tosses it over his head basically. <laughs> and chew him any you could see he's like upset about it and like. And like, the rest like, what do you want me to do? What? what don't I, like, do it again here in the yeah, hundred twentieth hey, minute. You stop it! Stop it! No, but not even again. Is, you do it one more time. Warning, official warning. We're gonna it's like it's like they threatened to write his name on the board, like a substitute teacher threatened to write his name on the board, and he was like, Yeah, go for it. Here's how it's spelled. <laughs> it's like you don't have the cojones to throw me out of this throw me out of this game for acting like a child. And I love that, man. Just like because it, it makes it makes what Mbappe and Messi do stepping up to score this first penalty so impressive that they just can step up to it, right? It's like, that's what was the best to me about like Michael Jordan, not to bring it back to American sports, but there was never a moment he wasn't just completely self-assured in, right? Sometimes it goes in, sometimes it doesn't, but like, I want the ball. I'm taking this shot, right? Killing Mbappe, surprise, goes left, drills it, doesn't have a chance. And Emmy Martinez, not worried about that at all. Could have let him get down. The same guy scored on me three times. He only goes the same way. I can't do anything about it. 
no, I'm going to mess with the rest. I'm going to mess with these next, next two French dudes. Like their lives depend upon it. And that's, and, and he's rewarded for his childish behavior. And I frankly, love yeah. It. Yeah. I, I loved it. I loved every part of it. And he, um, makes the save against Brett did not like it. <laughs> I was like, Brett, that's right up your alley, man. Yeah, we have a friend of ours who's really into that stuff, and he said he was upset about that. That was very out of character. Oh, for not him, a, but not a, he's like, not a classy move. And I'm just like, yeah, class. From you, you, I've never seen you in a class. <laughs> but um, <laughs> yeah, so he, so uh, Martinez, he makes the save on Coman. Uh, many misses his after the antics of Martinez. Uh, all four guys, except for Argentina. Pot there's Montiel with the last one. And redemption for the handball guy. Redemption for the handball. And you saw it once he scored too. And oh. he just he just really the emotion kind of took over. Oh. That was look, this is um one more, one more golden goal thing, and then I'll get off it, I promise. And I just thought that look, the scenes of this them celebrating the game to make this argument. Look, I dude, can't believe I'm, this I'm, is where this I'm comes high on this hill. The, the celebration was just not muted, but it was just not as intense as it would have been if that was a golden goal, goal to win. Like I, I get that no, it's, they it's score still, a goal and that golden goal was already muted, right? VAR check. You were complaining that Stu Holden didn't even know if it was a goal or not. So don't talk about muted or not. Messi uh, walking around waving, crying, like just a, not even crying, just a stone face while everyone else hugs him, and he's like, I almost can't believe it. I will give you that point that if it would have been offside and like Varchek took that off, then it would have been one of the, like, I'd be more upset about that. I'd be more upset than I am about the golden goal thing of like it not counting like that. Yes. That would have been worse than what happened. Absolutely. 100%. That would have been the worst thing ever that I thought we got the best moment ever. And then it's like, no, just kidding. Offside by his left toenail. I would have freaked out then, but Argentina squat rack. Oh, yeah argentina world cup champions man um you can't say they aren't deserving it was it's a game that's going to go down in history um is probably the greatest world cup final ever i mean almost certainly the greatest world cup final ever and one of the greatest soccer games ever played yeah um the greatest soccer game i've i've ever watched that i didn't have a stake in right like just like seriously, even like since like the Drogba goal, right? And even that came down to penalties. Right. The Drogba goal kind of um popped into my head, like the Aguero ninety three twenty kind right. of pops yeah. into your head. Yeah. Uh it's it's up there for like greatest game. Like the Watford uh playoff game where they saved the penalty and Dini, yeah. like that's up there. It, it's but like it, it all also, of those are great moments. This is in like a World Cup final, which is kind of the Right, the end all be all. Yeah. The summit of this sport. And yeah, um, yeah I, I don't know. For me, I don't think it can be beat, even as somebody who's like totally biased towards the Aguero thing. <laughs> it, it, it reminded me of like the uh, the Abby Wambach goal, right? Where she gets that cross from Rapino, where it's just like, no effing way. No way. No shot. The big time player is in this position to finish it off, right? The same as like, I brought up that Landon Donovan run either that run to right where he's he's the man in the you know he's the one making the right play follow the shot in right making a making a difference but the best final i've ever seen uh definitely as a neutral right i could be a real jerk and talk about finals where i'm a little more biased about how they go 
Um, but I don't want to make, I don't, this is a, this is a happy day despite your wanting to cut it off at the knees here. Um, this is a happy day. So I, I won't bring up Kai Havertz or some part <laughs> goalkeeping. I'm going to keep it civil here, but no, seriously. Um, that's the best game of soccer I've ever seen. Yeah. It was. And it happened at the most important time, right? That would have been the best game of soccer I've ever seen. If it was, you know, a rainy day on a Tuesday in Stoke for the FA Cup, go to the next round garbage between Gloucester and Birmingham. But no, it's two biggest teams, guy cementing his legacy. Um, this is a pro messy podcast. I I know you're not a, a Ronaldo guy as the goat, but uh, like talk about just like cementing it, right? Just what a golden age. of Emphatically guys. cementing it. Emphatically cementing it. Like you, you go to a, if you ever go to Home Depot, they sell like the low grade cement and they sell like the super the high grade, yeah. the emphatic cement. Yeah. Like the one that costs like three times the price. Uh, Messi bought about a metric ton of that emphatic cement and just poured it all over to cement this legacy is the greatest of all time to me. Yeah, man. I, I gotta give it. Yeah. I, I don't have any. I have a lot more to say about that game, but like it'll come out eventually. This is a day later. I've already tried to collect my thoughts, but like a game you can think about for forever, forever. Um, it's the type of game that I think that we'll like be telling our grandkids about one day. I, I really do. And um, we've done almost an hour 15 on it. So we want to do a couple other world cup things to wrap up this tournament before. So, so you guys don't have a two hour pod. We'll probably move on from this game. Um, just a little bit know. of the what was your favorite part yeah how annoyed sure. with you are spent how annoyed with spencer are you i can only imagine or tell me you're on my side you could don't lie to him don't make him feel good about this tell him you're mm. cutting his game off at the knees he's trying to americanize our beautiful beautiful sport um, hey if, if, if <laughs> us americans have anything right it's sudden death man i i promise you uh, sure um that that's just a crazy argument to be like no I hope everybody just thinks Emmy Martinez is a normal, good goalkeeper. No, I want everyone to know he's the craziest man in the world, that he has no conscience, conscience and will throw the ball away like a small child throwing a tantrum just to get a little bit of an edge on these French dudes. I don't know. I, I did not anticipate being attacked for this take. I didn't anticipate you saying anything so divisive in a game recap. <laughs> I'm just telling you, I think it would have taken it from, uh, look, I already said I think it's the best game of all time. So obviously I'm nitpicking You want it to be here. the bestestest? Yes, it's exactly what I want. The bestestest, the bestest, most greatest, whatever the like, Little Caesars, no free ads, whatever they call it, that, that this pizza. Is like if you, this is like if you won the lottery and it was only like $50 million, but the week before you, but you were like, well, it wasn't even the mega million. So, you know, 50 million is fine. Like. That that's where I think this is a level of insanity. Go, we we have to move on. I, First I world problems, dude. First world problems. I'm here for him. Um, just to round out this, uh, what kind of came out afterwards, uh, awards wise, uh, Messi player of the tournament. No surprises yeah. there. No arguments there. I don't think for either of us. Um, Mbappe wins the Golden Boot with his three goals today. Kind of cemented that. Uh, there is no way to argue that it's a very subjective award. <laughs> I mean, a very. <laughs> very no i've got some thoughts i <laughs> actually 
there's no uh there's no room for interpretation really on that one just great inter- great tournament by mbappe and mm-hmm. maybe the greatest performance i've ever seen in a losing effort <laughs> in a game yeah absolutely. it was um guy put his cape on in the 75th minute and literally <laughs> literally the only thing that comes back like in my head of like a really good losing effort is another frenchman um that it wasn't at this tournament um and cuckoo had like a hat trick against city and like a champions league group stage and they lost by like two goals and yeah. i was like well he i had my guy but great job by mbappe <laughs> great tournament for him um I, I think he's really cemented himself like i said as number one contender to that goat status yeah, I think he's the heir apparent. I think things like this, I know you want to talk about your boy, but like Mbappe just is a different level, right? Holland needs a little bit more service. I know you want to talk about he's becoming so much better as a passer and everything else like that, but like Mbappe is such a singular force, right? That like I don't I don't know how you I don't know how you say it's anybody but him is the best player in the world right now. I, I think, think it's just I don't a- think it's particularly close. Just as an aside to that, and I, I'm not necessarily disagreeing with you at all. Um, mm-hmm. I would say that Holland is a couple years younger, and that I, I I want these guys to play in the same league. I so want it to happen, and I the thing that sucks is I don't think I think if Mbappe yeah, leaves, he's going to Real Madrid. Spain. Yeah, so um, <laughs> that would probably mean what that we would need Holland to go to Barcelona, which I'm not going to advocate for. Just I'll go ahead and advocate. Um, I'm sure Holland, you coward. But I, you're, you're already hiding this. out in Norway, not playing in international soccer. Jesus, you couldn't you couldn't find some Dutch grandparents or something to show up I on just, the world stage, you coward. Or some American ones, even better. But I just love to see um, <laughs> these guys like play each other, like have like a Messi Ronaldo type of thing at some point yeah. in their careers. But um, they should that's play. just yeah, and yeah, it's like that's that's where and that's where the greatness of this Messi Ronaldo comes from is because they play each other at least twice a year and then you throw in the odd cup run, right? They play in the two best teams, right? For most of their career and they're natural rivals, right? Same thing with Holland and Mbappe, right? But they don't have some of those things, mm-hmm. right? They're not at this point, they're not going to meet an international competition until Norway really steps it up, which I think they have a chance to here. They've got Odegaard, they've got some players, they've got guys coming up, right? But if you're not going to have that piece of it, right, in the GOAT debate, you absolutely have to have, you know, league play, right? You need to have them competing for cups and that kind of thing and not just the chance meeting in a Champions League. Right. Yeah. And um, we'd love to see all of us love to see that one day. But um, outside that, Emmy Martinez, Golden Gloves, as you alluded to, he humped the award afterwards. <laughs> I, I think if there was a golden goal, he still would have humped the gloves, but whatever. i i like with these awards it couldn't have gone better if you like scripted it because it would have been equally as rewarding for Messi to get player of the tournament and mbappe to get golden goal or golden ball if france won right if it, it came down to penalties right it couldn't have been closer but like it still would have been very rewarding in that sense too like can't can't argue with any of those I think Martinez is maybe the one you could look at, but like he came up huge when he needs to. And if there's anything a goalie that exemplifies being a goalie, it's playing out of your mind when your team absolutely needs you to. For sure. And um, Enzo Martinez, young player of the tournament. Um, I think there's some arguments for some other guys, but look, Enzo was super, super good. I, I, I'm not going to sit here and criticize him super aggressively or anything. I think it's a fine pick. Um, 
this was just one you got a little more interpretation. Um, some other guys like Gvardiol comes to mind that played very, very well for Croatia outside of getting skinned by, you know, the greatest soccer player of all time. Um, but I, I had no real problems with uh, Enzo getting this award. Did you? No, it's just, it's such as, it's usually an award that goes to like a goal scorer, right? Um, like most awards in soccer pretty much, right? But to have it go to just like the feisty midfielder we weren't expecting on this team, like, again, just goes to show how how good that narrative is of Argentina finally picking Messi up and not just Messi picking Argentina up. Right. And like it even could have been, I thought, somebody like... um no city bias but you well yeah or like julian alvarez i was thinking actually because he he did score what four goals this tournament and uh like he they they put him in after that uh loss to saudi arabia that feels like it's just so long ago but he kind of helped them turn their tournament around too he was so big for them but i had no problems with him so i'm i'm pretty content with that yeah the uh something i was looking up earlier today can you name the last five people to win this award that now claims Enzo Fernandez as their uh, as the young player? Absolutely not. What was it? Was 20, Mbappe? 20, I think twenty eighteen. Mbappe, Mbappe, right? Another Frenchman four years earlier. Think a guy who's uh, underachieved but has a great haircut. Pogba. Paul Pogba in twenty fourteen gets this award. Um, twenty ten South Africa. A young German gets this award. Think of him as a young player. It's hard to do. He's the old. He's the he's the old goat now. This is you know thirteen years Muller? later. Thomas Mula, right, playing for that German team in South Africa, and then Lucas Podolski, an even older German guy, right, and then before yeah. that in two thousand two, Landon Donovan. Like Landon that. Donovan. Like this I just. Was, could, I, just I looked, this was all just trivia, just to give it American propaganda. I like, love it. But to all, but, and then, to, yeah, well, this whole podcast is a forefronter, is a forthrunner to American soccer propaganda. But like, really, when you think of like all those guys, as I mean, even save Donovan, right? Just to say, like, at the international, like, to to take Donovan out of the competition, who's literally probably America's best soccer player ever, right? Um, like those are those last four winners are incredibly impactful long-term players, right? There's it's sometimes you look at like the rookie of the year in a different sport, right? And you go, that dude won rookie of the year and he was like out on the streets three years, you know, not in the league three years later. I just think that's like puts a lot of perspective on this for Enzo Fernandez, right? I like, yeah, I think a Julian Alvarez fits more into that mold, right? He's a little bit younger, he's a goal scorer. He's mo- he moved it. He just moved to City, right? He's kind of the heir apparent, depending on when you think Holland's going to leave City, right? I- I'm not even saying that to be an issue with you, but obviously, like they already have the long term plan sitting there, right, ready to go, and it just really puts in perspective. That's like <laughs> Podolski, Mueller, Pogba, Mbappe, Fernandez, Enzo, like. All right, man. Like those are some expectations to live up to. Those yeah. are some expectations. Yeah, for sure. Um, definitely a lot to live up to there. And speaking of Enzo Fernandez, kind of moves us into a new thing we want to do. Um, a new segment here called Fab or Fiction. Um, the background on this is Fabrizio Romano, 
the Italian journalist, the transfer guru, um, Mr. Here We Go himself, he speaks the truth, right? Eventually it all comes out to be true. So instead of like a truth, you know, true or false, right? We are playing fab or fiction. There are very few things in the world I trust more than a here we go fab here tweet. It's go. it's set in stone at that point. I know it's happening. So yeah, if it's fab, then it's it's Open absolutely day. a fact. Yeah, and and you can expect to hear a lot of Fabrizio Romano bad um, impersonations as we get closer to the transfer deadline here in January. Uh, he's basically had a month off of tweeting nothing but clickbait for me and Chelsea and uh, teasing me. So well, he has, um, he's been so like, sorry, just side note, we need to move this along, but he's been so like uh, in the middle of games, he's tweeting about like random children from Romania. I'm like, fab, just chill. Nobody cares right now. Nobody cares that <laughs> Pantheakos is going to sign this young Romanian or something. Just chill out, man. Just take, take a month off. You're you got a busy January coming. It's, my friend. it's like the second, the second he has the thought of like, Man, this France midfield is not what it, sh- you know, it's not like they're missing some guys. I don't know if you know this, but N'Golo Kante will run out of contract here in <laughs> six months. It's like, oh, a giant F you to Chelsea fans as you're watching this game and just look at your phone and go, man, this soccer game is enjoyable. Oh, there's impending doom. Thanks, Fab. Appreciate it, buddy. Everything you well, said is true, but you're bringing it to me at an, uh, oh, whew. well, he did. Um, Not everything was random Romanian children, you know. Um, that he was tweeting about. He was going on about some guys from this tournament. And uh, I think that's what we wanted to do with this segment is kind of look at some guys coming out of this tournament and kind of look at their futures a little bit, Andrew. So uh, why don't don't you kick us off with this fab or fiction? Yeah. uh, So Enzo, so we'll start here. Enzo Fernandez will make a big money move to a premier league team after his star turn winning best young player of the tournament. Spencer, fab or fiction? Is the question whether he makes a move in January or like by next summer? I would say January. January or or in the start of next season, will he be playing for a big money move in the Premier League? Right. So that rules out Madrid or other places that could go and grab him. I think um, if we're talking before the start of next season, I think I'm going to go fab here because the... Here we go, man, is already kind of referenced that this guy, this is a guy that Liverpool really looked at. Um, should they not be able to get Bellingham, who I'm, I'm sure we'll talk about in this segment, who might cost, yeah. you know, a billion dollars. Um, I, I think I'm going to go fab here. I think there's uh, there's enough uh, there's enough suitors here in the Premier League that I think he finds his way to one of them. Okay. Yeah, I definitely, you bring up a great thing about the, all the Liverpool thing, right? If they need to make a... Uh... A, a cheaper option to Bellingham, which kind of flows next quickly into my next question here. Faber fiction, Jude Bellingham will be sold for more than $200 million, more than 200. <laughs> I imagine if you're sitting there, you're like a cheaper option to Jude Bellingham. You're like, he's, he's going to cost uh, Enzo. That is probably like a hundred million or something. Yeah. That's half the price half, of what Jude off, Bellingham. Yeah. Cause I, I think this is fab. I think this is look, these English teams, my, my team included, they are, I think, in just full-on, absolute 
crazy mode for Jude Bellingham after the English media has just incited a riot as anointing this guy as basically the best midfielder to ever exist in football. And he's this 19 year old man child. And I think that Dortmund, particularly after selling Holland and seeing what he's done at city so far and only having like 60 million or whatever to show for it because of his release release clause. I think that they are going to take whoever they send them to, which it might be, it might not even be a premier league team. It might be Real Madrid as we've referenced in the past. Um, They're taking whoever they sell them to. There's a group of four or five, six teams. Maybe they can afford it, but they're taking whoever it is to the woodshed. I say fab. I I'm going to go fiction just because 200 is such a crazy amount anyways but it's a crazy amount for a non-goal scorer right is the only other thing that can keep me under that and then so i'll be honest i i would love for him to go to chelsea chelsea's already also chasing him as well liverpool's already chasing him as well let's be honest if he's going to liverpool he's not going there for 200 million they can't afford it right i agree if he's going to the teams that can't afford 200 million chelsea city and madrid right Let's be honest. Madrid is not going to pay two hundred million for him. Well, wait, you don't always think- get some little deal where it's like, actually, we've already agreed to sell him for eighty five because we love Madrid. That's how everybody operates, man. Like, and I, I think, I think he ends up in Madrid, and I think the uh, Camavinga, Shawmeni, Bellingham midfield is going to be what I've been constructing in my dreams for years and a reality and uh, the pitch of pitch of death for both of our teams well you've forgotten about one important player in this and that's uh barcelona once they sell like you know another random tv station and pull seven more economic levers that they'll be in there for 200 million he'll have to legally change his name to hey jude bellingham by the beatles so you know bought to you by spotify (laughs) bought to you by (laughs) spotify the exclusive purveyor of english midfielders in the spanish league um but I, I think he, I think he ends up in the Premier League. I honestly do, and um, I, I I should clarify here when when I say two hundred million, I mean US or euros. They're about the same yeah, right we're, now. We're not, I don't we're think not, it goes for two hundred million pounds. I think that that's over the top. Yeah, we're we're not sitting here being like actually it was only one hundred and seventy five euros because of the conversion rate. If there's anything I care less about. It's the conversion rate. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but like. I, I just think it's more re- – I think the most realistic option is he finds himself at Madrid, right? He's already – he's not afraid to leave home. He did it once and it turned him into a star, right? Skipping – I hate to say it, but like these English teams are the middlemen for if you want to go play at Madrid, right? If he's at all got a dream of Barcelona or Madrid, I think he's best doing it now rather than coming here and getting not pushed around because I think he's a very good physical player, but like – I don't know that it's always – I mean, the best stepping stone to Madrid and Barcelona is Chelsea. So if that's where you want to go, come on in, baby. But um, it's I, not, I, I, I think look, he goes – I think he goes straight to Madrid. I think the uh, the World Cup obviously did not come home, but I think the promised son does come home, Andrew. I think he's going to probably Chelsea or City. Birmingham, or, back to Birmingham in a record move. <laughs> Birmingham really got their shit together in League One. They retired I think it's, his jersey after like 14 appearances, 44 appearances at the age of like 12. So, I, I, And hey, I, you know who I think we have to consider in this? Like Liverpool also. I, I think, yeah, it's $200 million, We're worried about it. 
But, um, you know, they're up for sale. So who knows if they get bought by somebody that's really, really rich before the next summer transfer window. I think $200 million is on the table for them. And Newcastle. I think we have to talk about Newcastle. If Newcastle can, and we'll talk about this in our preview, so listen later this week. But yeah, we'll be if, back if, they can, if, if they can clinch Champions League, who's to say that's not an option? They have $200 million. Yeah. I know the Saudis have $200 million, so and And, I, and Newcastle's done a really good job of picking the right guys up until now, right? They brought in Bruno Guimaraes on a, on a cheaper on a cheaper deal, right? They go get Alexander Isak. If there was a time and place to show your to really flex, this would be it. I, I, yeah. I they were talking about him more with Fernandez just because that's a more reasonable, affordable move, right? But um, I don't know, man. Uh, more reasonable and affordable moves. I think we tend to move on to the next one here, Ronaldo. Will, Fab or fiction, Ronaldo will score another goal in a top four league this season. Fab or fiction. This season. Ooh. Yeah, buddy. Top four league. And this is Whoa. this is from a guy, while you're thinking there, who's said he's going to retire from Portugal international play, and now maybe he's not, and he burned down Manchester United, but he hasn't signed with the Saudis, and he's got a couple weeks to think about it. Messi just put on a show if he, you know, he seems to be a guy who cares about his legacy there. Spencer, fab or fiction? So I'm going to play a process of elimination just here really quick. Okay. He's he's not going to Germany because there's really only Bayern's the only place he could go. And they're not going to do They're not going to take Mane's him. Mane's hurt. So. Maybe. I don't know. I they're don't not. So. I, that, no. that'd be insane. He's, no, I, Bayern's I not taking him. I, I've Bayern's <laughs> been on the record multiple times saying they're not going to take yeah, him. Bayern three transfers ago was like, no, nah, you can't come Yeah. Here. Um, so I think that's out. Sure. Um, I don't think there's anywhere. Uh, I don't think there's anywhere for him to go in the Premier League. Like the only God, team that I maybe sure hope so. the the only uh, look. And I'm I, I hate I to know, do it to you, buddy. There's there's two places. There's two places I could maybe think he'd make sense in the Premier League, and one is your club in Chelsea, and the other would be what we just talked about, kind of Newcastle, if they wanted some really high profile move. Fighting <laughs> That actually would be like a crazy PR move, right? If he was just mm-hmm. like, who's the bottom of the team? Who's 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 in last? I'm joining them and we're going to play. You want to, like, that'd be incredible. Just put him on, like, Burnley, the equivalent of Burnley from a few years ago. Um, <laughs> that would be fun to watch. But I, I really don't, look, I, I don't think that there's, I know that your boy, um, holy hell, what's his name? Um the, Todd just, Bowling? No, no, no. The striker you have that just got hurt. Oh, um, Broha. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I'm on the he just got hurt, but like, I, I, I don't think it's. I don't think there's anywhere in the Premier League. I, I think I'm going to take the Premier League out. Uh, Spain. There's only really two teams he can go. Uh, three, I guess, if you include Atleti, but they. I don't think he fits there. I Barcelona, unless they pull yeah. seven more levers, no. And, well, and, and they Madrid. wouldn't want to have him because I think they still want to get Messi back, right? You can't yeah. do that if you ever want Messi to play for you. He's training at Madrid right now. Is I I, I think there's no one, way. Well, he is. Yeah, that's where he's been training. No, no. I mean, there's no way they sign him again. No, it, it would seem impossible. And then, like, Juve's got all these financial problems. So I I, I think you're leaning towards fiction. I don't know if you actually... Oh, yeah, you anyway. say Juve, because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say no to Spain. And then if I go to Italy, 
he basically scorched the earth when he left Juve, even if they weren't having financial problems. They're not going to take him back. Right. No, I'm just saying you can't even get over the financial right. burden of it. Yeah. Yeah. But even if they did have somebody come in tomorrow and just put, you know, $3 billion into the club, he scorched the earth when he left there. So, no. I, I don't know. Inter and Milan are sometimes wild cards in this, but I, I, I'm i going to go fiction, dude. I'm going to go fiction. I think he's. I don't think he's going to go to Saudi Arabia. I don't know where he goes. I don't think it's going to be top four. Maybe back to like sporting in Portugal, maybe MLS, but I, yeah. I think it's fiction. And, and, that's, and that's why I called it a top four league, right? I wanted to make that hard line of like, well, he ended up at sporting in Portugal and maybe they're a top, you know what I mean? Like that, that sort of thing. But uh, no, my question to you was when he comes to St. Louis, are you going to get the home or away? <laughs> I would probably cop a shirt. I would I probably think at that point. Show. I think we all would, right? We'd be like, "Yeah, this might be fun." I mean, that would be cool. He would tear up MLS. It would be amazing. No shots in MLS. I think it's just more that like would kind of be cool. But <laughs> that is also possible. Also, I don't but, know that he wants to come to America. I, I don't. Uh, this is what I mean. I don't really know where he goes, and this is maybe you know. Sorry for the shots at the French league that um we're not considering them top four, but we just talked the other day about. <laughs> Um, you know, washed up Premier League players going to France and kind of resurrecting their careers. So maybe the best move for Ronaldo is to go to like Bordeaux. Ball. Yeah, go to like Bordeaux or like Lyon, dare I say Lille, and, no, you know, yeah. tear it up. I, I don't know. I don't know if he can get in the team no, ahead I, of Jonathan David at Lille. And that, like, that's the <laughs> thing. Him, him tearing it down at Man United is, I think, should be studied for years. Just of like, why man like i'm so interested to see how this all plays out like you know it's one of those like do we hate talking about it no i love talking about him because i think like unlike people that sports people talk about all the time like the cowboys and the lakers and stuff like that ronaldo is one singular insane person who is like anything's on the table anything is on the table for him man yeah i i really don't know how this plays out but i'm gonna go fiction on the um top four Okay. Uh, I think two more quick ones before we uh, start to get out of here today. Um, <clears throat> fab or fiction, Jao Felix is the perfect replacement for Gabriel J- Jesus in Arsenal's system. Fab or fiction? For those of you who don't know, Gabriel Jesus in the uh, league-leading Arsenal Um are at top of the league, and Gabriel Jesus is going to miss the rest of the season here. He's had, was it a quad injury or something with his ACL? Either way, he is injured and out, and that has left a Gabriel Jesus size hole at the top of their lineup. So if the question is simply, he's a great replacement, like a perfect fit to slide in there, I would call that fab. Um, However... If the question is Arsenal pulling the trigger on that move, I think that that's going to be fiction. I think Arsenal do not have the means right now to pull off a move that Atletico Madrid. Look, um, Jao Felix has been really kind of weird since he's gone there. Atletico Madrid have maintained that they want like a hundred plus mil for this guy, and I don't think Arsenal's pulling the trigger. I think that's a little too rich for their blood. So, um, if that's the case, if you're asking me if I think that move happens, I'm going to go fiction. But I do think Fab that it would be a great fit. I think it's a really good fit, and I think it's a fun thing of um, he's kind of the right place at the right time. Like, not that they would do a loan, but like if City, if not City, if Arsenal were to try to like um, 
like loan him for like six months, right? Like I think it works perfectly. Yeah. Um, but I don't know that like, you know, you're not signing and Joe Felix was really good. I think he was the best player for Portugal by a mile during this tournament. Yeah, I um if they can pull off a loan somehow, then yeah, I, I think they'd be in on that. Um, they could pick up the wages for like a short-term loan or something. They'd probably definitely be in on that. And um, I didn't even really think about it from that point. That might be something Athletes open to because, like I said, it's just it's. They seem like they don't know what they're doing with him. It seemed like that for years now to me. Is they just like they, they I don't I know. Figure out why he wants to be there. It's like there's another team in Madrid, buddy. If you really love the city. <laughs> Because, like, remember when he moved there, it was just like he had basically everybody who was a suitor for him. Like, and it was kind of surprising. He went to Athleti, who is, I mean, no disrespect to him. He was the height him, of but, the Simeone, they can compete top three. Yeah. And, uh, and it's not me demeaning them. It's just they are, uh, Simeone is notoriously a manager that runs a bit more of a pragmatic system that's going to focus on defense and such. And for like a very creative offensive player, it was really weird he went there in the first place and it just hasn't worked. Yeah. I mean, Thomas Tuchel think, thinks that guy's got to chill out a little bit with the defensive organization. <laughs> Tom, if Thomas Tuchel's like, hey, man, loosen up. Let the guys play a little bit. But, like, he's done it before, man. Like, if like Griezmann's always been really good for them, too. Um, he gets guys like Suarez to come over there. And guys who, like, if you work hard, I will let you try to do some of that stuff. But he's just got him on such a short leash. I'd, I'd love to see him kind of get out of there. Right. Yeah, if he could go somewhere where he could be freed up a little bit, I think there's a really good player in there. But just it's, they, they yeah, they keep him on a real short leash, and it just maybe they, yeah, I, I could potentially go for Fab on like a loan if they can get Athletic to agree to that. I kind of think that Athletic probably would like to sell him for that hundred million or whatever, and just kind of be done with it. But I'm gonna go fiction, but. I, I do think that it would be a great fit for Arsenal um, if they could somehow find a way to make that happen. I think I think I think I would agree with you 100. percent Fab on the fit, fiction on the realisticness of this, and then last question here, bringing it back to you and your Manchester City. Will City break the record for a defender for Josco Vardiol? I just looked it up. It is 95 million for a defender. 95 million is the record is the record for a defender. Cause I know I what we talked about is him like over a hundred over one tent. Well, I believe right. Oh, right before the tournament, I believe Leipzig came out and said they value him at a hundred million. And there's no way this tournament has changed that <laughs> anyway. Negatively. <laughs> You're not it's, getting a cutthroat deal now. Let's just say that. Yeah, it's quite possibly closer to like 120 now. Um, man, uh, I changed the way that this, I wrote it on you a little bit. So yeah, I see. Here's what I'm going to say. I think it's fiction on City paying that much for it, but I think Fab on somebody is going to break the world record to buy this guy in the well, probably the summer. Makes me feel fantastic. If someone's breaking a world record for money spent, Joshko, can't wait to see you back there with Koulibaly and Fofana, man. It's That's- it seems like. Um, Look, uh, Fab did finally come out. Speaking of the devil, he came out and kind of linked City to Guardiola a little bit, I believe. Um, at least kind of said there was interest there. But um, I, I think it's going to work out for your boys, honestly. I think this is going to be Fab, and I think Todd's going to step up to the plate uh, and break the world record for a defender and bring him to Stamford Bridge, Andrew. So, Yeah, I, I would love that. They've been chasing him for a long time. So, um, the- 
doesn't mean the longer we Chelsea chases someone it seems to mean the less likely they'll have to ever play for him. So I guess it's the more likely Barcelona. they go to Barcelona. Yeah. <laughs> Congratulations. Uh, Spain's really nice pretty much all the year, but uh, you know, the he'll be, ha- <laughs> he'll have to be the, uh, the disc jockey at some Spotify. you know, he has to have like a Spotify, like playlist he puts out every week and it's going to be, a whole thing if he wants to go play at Bar- Barcelona. But yeah, they'll find the money somehow. Yeah, man. That's uh hope to change his last name to economic lever. But uh <laughs> any other kind of thoughts we get here as we are wrapping up? I uh that's all I had for fab or fiction. Uh I, I don't I don't think anything on like that type of thing. That was fun. I like that. That was uh that was a good segment. I'm a fan of it. Um we'll be keeping an eye on the fab man himself and seeing if any of these things come to fruition or if we get any news on any of these things. I, I'm very interested. We spent a good minute on there. I don't need to, I just want to say as an aside, I'm very interested in this Ronaldo thing. Like I don't know where the hell it goes. That's just, I, I have no idea how this plays out. So this is like one of those things where I, I don't even have a sense on how this plays out. Like I, I don't know where he can go. He's a free agent now. It's, it's crazy. I think he's a free agent. I just, I have no idea who could even like, is he, I, he, he doesn't come off like a guy that's going to take a pay cut to go play somewhere or something. I have well, no like, idea what's going to happen. So, like, to me, his whole thing is, like, he's selfish, right? Yeah. Whereas, like, and that's his whole persona and that, you know, it's all about him and that's why he moves clubs and everything else. Whereas Messi is the opposite, right? So, like, the Ronaldo-Ronaldo move would have been to, like, stay at United and stay pissed and make it worse for everyone else. So, in a weird way, him, like, burning it all down on his way out the door – is kind of not like it's less selfish than what I think he wanted to do, which was stay there and complain until he got his way. Because I think he's just assuming he's right and he should be playing all the time and they should be catering to the way he wants to play. Right. Because frankly, he's been the top two player in the world for the last 20 years. Right. Like, why wouldn't you think that way? It's like, he does it in such a non-charming way. Whereas Zlatan, right. Who doesn't have as much talent as, Ronaldo, but is a like a crazier person, but he does it in a charming way. You know what I mean? Like Zlatan has that way of just like, I am the greatest. This is also good. I'm the best. Whereas like when Ronaldo does that, it's like, look at me, right? Give me the attention. Mm-hmm. It's similar but different enough. I yeah, I, de- I definitely think with the Zlatan thing, and Zlatan also like fun. I, he's fun he's fun crazy person and i think like also like obviously he's got the persona and stuff but he's altered his game to play to fit fit what he can do now and lot and and like ronaldo still seems to think he's like this all world player it's like no you're just a you're a really good target man now that's what you are you're a really good target man you're in the same role as mishi bashwai yeah, off the, off the bench, maybe you can score a couple. People will be like, "Why isn't he playing more?" And then if, when you give him more playing time, you're like, "That's too much playing time." Bring it back yeah. off the bench in a late game where someone needs a header. It's but, um, sweet. Go stand yeah, and celebrate with the corner flag. It's like, yeah, there's not that much to celebrate right now, is there? He's so fun, man. I hope to God he like if he signs with Chelsea, I, there's going to be an emergency podcast of not even Spencer on here, just me making a stressed out kind of a humming noise for about 48 minutes, followed by 18 minutes of me talking myself into it 
then I'll bring Spencer onto the podcast and then he's just going to make fun of me forever. And I'm just like, no, I think it'll work out. I think it'll be great. It's going to be so much fun. Uh, he's going to be back. He's just going to put headers into the box. It's going to be great. So if that happens, keep a lookout well, for that. And then keep a lookout for my mental health. If that happens, just, well, we've already labeled that as fiction. <laughs> so I think we'll be okay, but let's, uh, let's put a bow on this whole tournament. I just want to ask you kind of as a concluding thing, as we wrap up this world cup, um, Obviously, this was a tournament that had so much criticism and skepticism going into it with the place that it was and all the infrastructure that it kind of had to be put together, the circumstances of everything. Like before the tournament started, there were a lot of bad stories coming out. There's like the tragedy of Grant Wall at this tournament and stuff too, but um, the soccer itself was so so good at this tournament um do you think like look none of us are gonna sit here and be like oh we like fifa now does does fifa did did this uh at least it didn't blow up in fifa's face i guess is what i'm saying did this kind of um at least kind of wash away a lot of like how much of that bad stuff did that wash away just how good this tournament ended up and how great this final was that we went on for you know (laughs) 80 minutes about um yeah, man. As a as a good sports fan and a bad like citizen of the world, for lack of a better term, right? It does not excuse it, but it does push it to the back of my mind because I'm very easily distracted with the tournament as a whole has been insane, right? It has been very well played, very competitive, right? We just had the best final. Messi got to cement his legacy. You know what I mean? Like, that's more than you could have hoped for if we were writing the script for exactly what happens, right? Mbappe makes a claim that he's obviously the next guy, right? And maybe he's already better than Messi. Like, who? you know what I mean? Like, all those things happen. And it's very hard for me, selfishly, as like a sports fan, to be like, the tournament was a waste. The tournament shouldn't have been there. Because I know the tournament shouldn't have been there. I know that. But I'm to answer your question, I'm very easily distracted with the fun part of sports as opposed to like the socially responsible part of sports. Sure. And I, I think honestly, I, I can't criticize you cause I think it's quite natural that when you have what has turned out to be, like we said, we're, we're talking earlier. This is if not the best sports sports game, not soccer game, possibly the best yeah, sports game ever. Yeah. Um, that's very distracting. And I think that, um, we as humans were easily distracted by that. We're entertained by that. And that's, what's going to stand out. And, um, I don't think that that's, you know, a slight against any of us that are feeling that way. I just think that, um, this has probably the way this played out has, um, kind of like a Febreze air effect. It's just, it's taken a lot of the stink, the stink, whatever's causing the stink is still there. And we should acknowledge that, you know, all the migrant workers that died and all the people that were mistreated and all the bad things that had happened, we need to try to keep that in mind. But this has masked that so much for FIFA as a whole. Like if this tournament was a bad tournament and we had like a crappy final and only like a couple, like a handful of good games, um, we remember those things a lot longer. And I just think it's probably a challenge for us as people to in 20 years when we talk about this tournament, not just turn it into the, oh, it was messy 
you know, winning his World Cup title, which is a huge story, and Messi carrying the team and all that. That those and Mbappe, you know, like you said, kind of putting his name in there for trying to steal the throne. In twenty years, maybe we're having this Mbappe Messi goat debate, like even so. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think it's just like when you think about the World Cup final that was in Argentina um, back when they had like the dictatorship was at seventy six, I believe. Yeah, I um, yeah. like you know, we just kind of have to try to think of it and remember the bad parts of it too. But, um, the, the soccer itself, man, it's, it's, it's erased a lot of that, uh, stink that's going to live on it. So, um, it'll be a challenge for us to keep all those bad things in mind, obviously to all the people that had, that were killed or mistreated or anything in this, um, try to keep them in our thoughts and their family and our thoughts and prayers and, um, kind of acknowledge both things for what they are. You know what I mean? Uh, the, the football was great, but this was still a tournament that was played in a weird time of the year. Like I, my brain is so fucked up that it's Christmas in five days, <laughs> like so fucked up. It doesn't register to me. I literally oh. just started shopping on Saturday. Like, thank God for Amazon two day delivery because I just completely, it, it's got my whole sense of time messed up and all the bad things yeah. that happened. Uh, but we have to acknowledge the bad that there was a lot of bad this tournament, but the the soccer was great, man. It was so good. Yeah, man. And the Premier League starts back up Monday, so we are in another way. This is closing a chapter. In another way, we are just opening the book right back up. But we will be back before then uh, with another podcast to kind of get you ready, get you back into the season here, um, and give you something to listen to while you're driving for uh, for Christmas. We'll uh, we'll get yeah. that out to you. Yeah, while you travel to see your family and all, uh, we're, we're going to drop that on Thursday night, I believe. So really dive into kind of, you know, it's been a month. We've been away from the good old Premier League for a long time here. So maybe a quick reminder of where things stand, kind of how things have been going before the World Cup, and then look ahead to the rest of the season as it's the de facto halfway point for us. Um Things kick back off on Monday on Boxing Day in the UK, and uh, thank God. Usually, the and Boxing Monday Day thing, here in the US. <laughs> thank God, the Boxing Day thing, like though, like because of the way uh, Christmas falling on a Sunday, like the Monday is a holiday here, and it like thank God, like usually it's oh I had the no, I, Christmas I Day off. The schedule. I don't. Yeah. I don't get anything. Oh, that's Saturday tough. And Monday, so. Oh, that's tough, buddy. Yeah. I'm sorry, but like I, I have it off this year, no, like I'm for once. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll live tweet you everything that's happening when, I'll when Chelsea. End this podcast. <laughs> Don't you even try it? But um, yeah, we'll we'll dive all right back into the Premier League, kind of set you up, get you guys ready to go on everything you need to know there. So uh, keep your eyes peeled on Thursday for that. Uh, you know, keep an eye on our Twitter at Fish Fries Pod. We'll definitely be keeping you updated on there as well. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're listening to this and you like what you hear, I know we've picked up a good amount of listeners throughout this World Cup, and uh, we appreciate you guys. We love you guys. Uh, stick with us because we're going to keep coming at you. This this podcast does not end at the World Cup, so hit that follow button. Uh, maybe drop us a review, a little five star rating. That all really helps us out and. Uh, Let's yeah, people see us as on, we hit me up on Venmo. Uh, yeah, <laughs> anything, <laughs> anything you want or need, man. Uh. <laughs> but yeah, just uh, that helps us out as we move forward because we're gonna we 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 don't stop here, Andrew. We're gonna keep trudging along because the uh, the soccer never ends, and uh, we're gonna be right there with it, pal. No, 
just like these players, man, I'm getting tired. <laughs> I gotta get out of here, man. Uh, but no, thank you guys. I uh, can't wait to talk to you guys again. Unless you got anything else, Spencer, I think I'm good, buddy. No, let's uh, let's wrap it up, man. And we'll see you Thursday for our Premier League special and a uh, little Christmas stuff mixed in there too. So uh, see you guys then. Take care, Andrew. See you, buddy.